Hello, Horror Fanatics! I'm Frank. And I'm Jen, and we welcome you to our weekly podcast, Oh! The Horror! Thank you for joining us as we dive deep into all things horror, supernatural, scary, and downright creepy. If you like what you hear, rate, review, and subscribe to add us to your regular rotation of podcasts. You can also submit any ideas, comments, and suggestions to our email address at O-T-H at SeriouslyDecent.com. And you can check out our back catalog of episodes from Season 1, recent ones you missed in Season 2, at our website, OhTheHorrorPodcast.com. Sure, you can do that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you're rubbing Dean's butt, and he's licking my hand under the table uh, at one point, I had his head with one hand, and I had to scratch his butt with the other. Yeah. So, um, creative director. Y- yes, he's. We, we he's haven't been going around to him much today. Directing creatively today. Well, we haven't been around him much today, so he's getting all his lovings in. I need this now, please. Yeah. Thank you. How you doing? I'm doing well. Yeah. How are you? Fantastic. I'm doing better than uh, Black Oxygen Organics. Yeah. Yeah. Remember, guys, when I got kicked out of that group for uh, telling the people that were eating dirt that their dirt was recalled? Well, I'd been keeping track of the the for, website. For ones who weren't listening to that episode, yes. what is this stuff? How did this all start? So Tell the story again. There was a one of those mega parties on Facebook with a bunch of MLM companies mm-hmm. and black oxygen organics was one of them. Mm. And of the, the different companies that were part of this uh, group party, this was one of a few that I had never heard of. Yeah. So naturally, you know, they don't give you any information about these groups, these well, these um, companies, yeah. you have to contact the the distributor and you have to be like, what's your shit about? Mm-hmm. So I did and uh, got entered into a Facebook group mm. um, called the Dirt on Boo. Ah. And Black Oxygen Organics is where the boo comes from. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it was a bunch of testimonials of... Women who were feeding themselves, their children, their pets, their families, dirt. Mm. They were buying these $100 packets yeah. of dirt that comes from this uh, peat bog in Canada. So I started to do some research It's like this. six months ago, right? Correct. Yeah. Uh, if I recall correctly, I can tell you because that's when the stuff got recalled. So at any rate, I started checking out what this thing was. This guy has had been selling dirt in some way, shape, or form for a long time. Mm-hmm. So let's see. I'm looking for the... Canada recall. It's essentially they were calling it um fulvic acid and mm-hmm. they were saying that they were getting this stuff from the best peat bog and Canada Health had given them like the the thumbs up and they had all these 
these great things. And it was September. Mm-hmm. It was September when they got recalled. So I've I've been checking every month and their site was still up. And when I was in the group, I said, guys, and I gave them the link to the Health Canada recall of the product. I'm, and it clearly states in the recall that you are not to ingest this stuff, nor are you to give it to children or pets because it's got extremely high levels of like arsenic and um awesome lead yeah arsenic and lead it's full of these heavy metals everything the growing body needs i mean it yeah i guess it would do a body good Mm -hmm. so i've been checking and their site has still been up as of i think the last time i checked was november yeah it was still up and i'm happy to announce that they are no more no more. Yeah, turns no website. out turns out they have no website. They're not selling the stuff anymore. Any news uh things? So, Health Canada recalled it, then the FDA not only recalled it, they started seizing the shipments at the borders. Nice. <laughs> nice. So, some of the people who were selling it it's were not like, working out good for them. They were like, wait, I'm waiting. Like, I'm. they were waiting for this shipment to come in because this was going, the commission from that was going to, yeah. you know, they the were banking orders. on that money. And, yeah, none of it. And they got nothing from the head of the company. And he's like, yeah, no, we're just going to close up shop. And some of the distributors still had product. So they were sending it in to get sampled, and mm. then they were finding out that the sample, the printout from when the last time the samples were tested and was up on their website from 2017, clearly showed that it had these elevated levels. But yeah. if you don't know how to read it, yeah. you don't know what it means. Mm. So... Turns out when they were sending these new samples to be tested, they were getting the exact same results. These high levels of arsenic, the high levels of lead. So, you know, just great news all around. You know, those are all great, great things. And shit, people were giving it to... Their children, I wonder, their families, uh, I wonder their what pets. Type what of, could go wrong? I wonder what type of demographic they were going after with that. You know, probably the natural, all natural. Yeah, yeah. The crunchy granola yeah, folks. Yeah, they were. You know, they were. And that's where I get a laugh because, like, that group is all about, oh, it's got to be chemical free. It's got to be this free. It's got to be all natural. It's got to be certified organic, blah, well, blah, blah, blah. Guess what? And now you're eating dirt with hard, heavy metals in it. Lead and arsenic yeah. are all natural. They are naturally well, sure. occurring. Yeah. So. No, this is where all natural doesn't mean it's good for you. So do I feel good that I was banned from a group <laughs> and then a couple Another months group later that you were banned from not just facebook but not the just, dirty not not just jail i just laughed that you joined a dirt eating group you know i didn't know i joined a dirt eating group until i was in the group and it they were showing these people like smiling and they had the the dirt in their the teeth dirt on their teeth fucking idiots dirt on their faces and this one chick who was doing the most uh dirt. videos Looked like 
shit. Well, like, of course. She looked horrible. Just get mouth pounded with I arsenic and lead. I was looking at her, yeah. like her skin. Yeah. And I'm going, this is not, a t- this is, if you're trying to do a testimonial, this is not the way to this do it. This is not your candidate. Because I don't want to look like no, you that. You need Karen and her four kids and her husband. Where's that, your retinol? Where's yeah. your vitamin C serum? Where's your niacinamide? Where's your hyaluronic acid? Because, mm. girl, you need all of that. Yeah, she needs to stop eating dirt. Well, I mean, yes. All, I, all of us are told as children not to eat dirt. The fact mm. that they would think yeah, they'd buy it's a it. good idea they bought the to pay $100 special dirt. to buy mm-hmm. dirt. Yep. <laughs> I think pet rocks are going to come back. Dirt that also had worms in it. Mm-hmm. So when they were ingesting well, it. Authentic dirt. Yes. Got to have worms in it. Yeah. I mean, know. that's how you know it's real dirt. It sure is. Comes complete with worms. It's like fake meat. You got to have artificial blood in there to make it look like meat. It's like, worms, well, then. Worms not, not Call sold it something separately. else. Call it a veggie patty. All right. After that long bender. <laughs> I just figured I'd give you guys an update. Yeah. Hella crafts today. Yeah. This is a now, uh, story of a woman who got murdered, but was, a well, not. Led to murder, but officially was missing. Yes. And they had zero trace of anything. Interesting case. Yes. And uh, we're going to go through it today. Yes. The movie. It's also called the wood chipper murder. Yeah, the wood chipper murder. The movie Fargo was based on this lightly. Yeah, and I it would was inspired. Say, I would say very lightly, uh, and I would say inspired at best. Yes. They really only have two things in common. The movie and mm-hmm. the real story. We'll yeah. point them out uh, as we go through them. I have but, two sources. Yeah. Um, history.com, This Day in History, Green Beret Indicted for Murder. And that article came out in January 13th, 1987. Mm. And then the current.com, Breaking News, Woodchipper Murderer Richard Crafts Out of Prison by yeah. Christine Dempsey Hartford Current, January 31st, 2020. I did uh, Front Page Detectives and uh, News Times, a local... Uh Local thing you know what I should have done was I should have checked Murderpedia. You can't live by should-haves. You just True. can't do it. It's a bad habit. True. If you live by should-haves, you're just looking backwards. Coulda, woulda, shoulda. You got to be here now. I am here now. Yeah. Home here now. Hella Lork Nielsen was her original name. Yes. Before she met Mr. Richard Crafts. You know, I bet she's regretting that decision. Probably. If she yeah. was still alive. I really, if you've got her, like her early life, I don't have any of that. I only have I didn't really find, on. I didn't find much of the early life other than how they met. So basically, she was born 19th, or uh, July 7th, five days after my birthday, mm-hmm. but not in 1947. I was born in 75. But Very good friend. July 7th, 1947 in Denmark. They said that she was raised a, uh, a happy, outgoing child. She had a knack for learning and picking up various languages. Okay. I do have some pre-stuff. Uh, so she attended college in England, mm-hmm. worked as a nanny in France, and eventually found her calling as an airline flight attendant. She sure did. And uh, her first gig uh, with... Being a flight attendant was with Capital Airways of France. 
Then she moved over to Pan Am Airways from uh, Copenhagen. Okay. And basically she had a real just nice outlook, sunny disposition. Uh, She had a lot of, you know, a knowledge of multiple languages, which would help Mm -hmm. in that type of industry. Just good customer service skills. And it made her um, clear over uh, basically like 200 candidates for the job. Nice. So... Pan Am stationed its flight attendants in Miami, with many of them bunking at the same small hotel. Right. And at this hotel, Helly made uh, met Richard, an airline pilot, on May 24th, 1969. Okay. And basically the story is kind of, uh, it's told through numerous news stories and media accounts and smashed together yeah. for this, but... Richard was born December 20th, 1937, and a native of New York City. And while his father was a very successful businessman, Richard was less motivated by his scholastic endeavors and scrapped by more of his father's reputation than his own efforts. Mm -hmm. So he was riding off of those coattails. Yep. Richard joined the military and basically just discovered this knack for flying. And he started off with helicopters and... He would fly actually for the Air America branch of the CIA. <laughs> and uh, for any of those people that really want a down, dirty, deep dive into Air America for the CIA, there's a movie with Mel Gibson. Called. Called Air, Air America. America. And it's exactly what Air America did. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But uh, he spent the late 1950s completing missions across Asia. He would do secret operations in Korea, Japan, and Vietnam. And at the time Hella and Richard met, he was engaged actually to another woman. Of course, because, yeah. you know, a guy who would kill his wife and dispose of her well, in a wood chipper. We don't know he killed her yet. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Okay. I'll just, no. I'll just hush until that happens. So, yeah, he was engaged to another woman, uh, woman, and still the two airline professionals continued to date on and off for several years. Those close to Hella were... Uh, dismayed that the she was a beautiful blonde woman. Yeah. Very pleasant demeanor. Yes. Would continue to see someone who was often abusive. Mm-hmm. Uh, she frequently had bruises on her face and body. She and Richard would fight actually in public and private, just back and forth. Yeah. In 1975, she got pregnant. She and Richard married in November, bought a home in Newton, uh, Newtown, Connecticut, or Newton. I'm going to say Newtown because it's not Newton, and (laughs) settled down to raise a family of three children. Okay. Richard continued his role as a pilot, and Hella eventually would return to her flight attendant job, hiring Dawn Thomas as a basically uh, just a nanny, a watch for the children. And obviously marriage was not Richard's forte. He continued to see other women. They also had this blurb where he began stockpiling guns and other weapons, which some noted as sort of an obsession for him. Okay. I don't get what that has to deal with anything. He became an auxiliary police officer of the uh, Newtown Police Force in 1982, a role which many say he took a bit too seriously. What? Yeah, yeah. This guy sounds like he is totally on the up and up. I can't believe. It's a smooth story so far, just with a little little abusive nature and, you know, fighting back and forth. Who's not slightly abusive? Yeah. Uh, 
Hella Crafts tolerated her husband's behavior for a while, but the fighting and just, you know, it just kept going and it increased as the years went by. So in November 1986, she begins the process of filing for divorce. Got it. And going so far as she actually hired a private investigator to gather information on her husband's activities and whereabouts. And she told her friends of her plans. Right. And she said, quote, something happens to me. Don't think it was an accident. Right. On November 19th, 1986, Hella's friend dropped her off at home after a friendly visit. And then time goes through okay. and we'll get to your bit I'll at this point. You can, you can pick it um, up. So Richard Crafts, mm-hmm. the husband, yep. was accused and later found guilty of murdering his wife and disposing of her body in a wood chipper, was arrested on January 13th, 1987. Hella yep. Pan Am flight attendant had vanished on November 18, 1986. Although her body was never found, authorities did find enough evidence to convict her husband of murder. So let's get into it. Following her disappearance, friends immediately suspected Richard Crafts because his answers about his wife's whereabouts had been so evasive. When police got involved, Crafts' version of the events began to crumble. Although he claimed he had not left the house on November 19th, credit card records showed he had purchased new bedding. Further inquiry showed that he had bought a chest freezer and rented a wood chipper in the days right before Hella's disappearance. A witness then came forward saying that he had seen a wood chipper near the Housatonic River. A search of the craft house revealed a blood smear on the mattress that turned out to be consistent with Hella's blood type. Detectives also found an envelope addressed to Hella near the river. Divers found a chainsaw and serrated cutting bar, which had human hair and tissue embedded in the teeth. This led to a search for further evidence, which began on December 30, 1986. Thawing the snow and sifting the soil, detectives found 2,660 hairs, one fingernail, one toenail, two teeth, one tooth cap, and five droplets of blood. From this microscopic evidence, doctors were able to prove that Richard Crafts had disposed of his wife's body with a wood chipper near the river. The most important evidence was that the tooth cap matched Hella's dental records. Crafts' first trial in 1988 ended with a a deadlocked jury, but the following year, he was convicted of murder and sentenced to 50 years in prison. Until recent advances in forensic science, A murder conviction without a dead body was nearly impossible. But as this case proved, it is more difficult than ever to get away with murder. And Crafts was released from prison in 2019. How did that happen, you say? Well, 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 hold on, hold on. Okay. Because you're just skipping right through up to his release. That's what you're getting at now, right? Yeah. Yeah. So what's interesting about this is the fact that they were able to convict this guy without a body. No. That's what I made this. I clearly remember watching the episode on TV where they were where they were recreating the collection of the evidence and then come and then having them find, oh, we've got a fingernail, we've got hairs, we've got a tooth, you know, going through the whole thing. So I looked up and there is a forensic files on this case. 
but I didn't think I watched it on Forensics Files. I thought I watched it on Unsolved Mysteries. Well, I'm going to raise you one up. Okay. Good for your TV shows, but Dr. Henry Lee, who's a forensic expert, has findings on this stuff. It was reported by New Hampshire Register of a few places, but basically all said, told, and done, the police discovered less than three ounces of human remains. That's right. all that was left. Yeah. That's where I'm saying there wasn't a body. Correct. Yeah. Well, you kind of noted that. I did there say there was no okay, body. Okay, fine. So basically of the three ounces of human remains, you mentioned a tooth. There was the pink painted uh, toenail, mm -hmm. bone chips, fingernails, mm -hmm. typo blood, and uh, the blonde hair strands. Correct. And basically that's all they had along yes. with bad evidence of him with this just like terrible, terrible scene of events with this wood chipper. Because, I mean, he bought a giant chest, chest freezer. Yeah. And uh, it was not found at the home when they investigated. So he bought this and then it just disappears. Weird. And again, the new bed sheets, a chainsaw, and he paid $900 for the rental of a truck, an industrial wood chipper. Yeah. So it's not like your basic kind no. of wood chipper. Yeah. For those that are not really into wood chippers, you have kind of your basic ones that do like twigs and branches. Right. Up, and that's I think it's like up to an inch. Yeah, yeah. It's like an inch, maybe two inches tops. Yeah, you know? so I mean, it's but not it's more like just trees. It's more it's like literally brush. brush, you yeah. know, and, and that is something where you would just tow it behind literally anything. You could tow it behind a car. Right, nothing, yeah. You know, nothing like that. So he had the so industrial wood chipper, he, like the guys that took the trees down. Yeah, this at our is house. what like arborists used to take yeah. down trees, and <laughs> and basically, these things. If you haven't seen them, they're huge. They're massive, and they're massively loud. I mean, they're yeah. just there's nothing quiet about them. That's even when they're running before they're even chipping anything. Yeah. So like an industrial wood chipper will take basically a six inch tree and just eat it right up. Yeah. Like nothing. So several of the residents in Newtown spotted Richard with his rented chipper on November 20th. Okay. And though most of his activity was centered between 3 and 4 a.m. during a winter storm, a snowplow driver and other residents spotted Richard by the steel bridge spanning uh, Lake Zora, it's called. Okay. So he claimed, again, this is the funny part, he claimed to be mulching branches down in an earlier snowstorm. Mm -hmm. Though why he was doing it at that hour and during a, a winter storm I know is questionable. I get up at 3 to 4 in the morning to get rid of we got a, branches. We got a storm coming up. Yeah. And I think what I intend to do is I, I won't wake you up because you got to go to work in the morning. Right, yes. You know. Yes, indeed. But, indeed. Uh, you know. Well, but, I'll be up at 2, so I'll be able to tell you if it's bad. If I'm up at 2.33 in the morning and you don't know where I am. You're I, outside with the wood chipper. I got a industrial-sized wood chipper. Okay. And cool, I'm cool, chipping cool. those branches away from the house, like not even near the house. That's so great. So I have the branches here, okay. but I'm going to move them to this spot where I can chip this stuff near a lake. Okay. You know, cool. Why cool, not? Cool, cool. We you don't know. have any trees, so. Yeah. Just don't ask <laughs> don't, questions. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Got it. It's so my lady brain. I'm this sorry. This is where police investigated the area where Richard and his wood chipper were spotted. So you had these people that spotted him. Yep. The guy operating the plow, yep. people driving by. 
and they find the brand new chainsaw and blades submerged in the water, along with blood, tissue, and hair samples. Correct. Amongst this other stuff. So that's what made this uh, this case pretty amazing, is yeah. that they were able, because no, no time before this was somebody convicted of a murderous act without, without body. the body. Yeah. And this was the first case that really brought forensics into the forefront. Right. And uh, and made it such an in- intriguing case. Because, I mean, the story itself, I mean, granted, you use a wood chipper. You know, basically the, the scene of events they have is that he killed her. And what he did is he um, he froze her, yeah. chop her up with the chainsaw, yep. and then put her through the Fed wood chipper. through the, the chipper, yep. Yeah. I mean, that process alone is freaking terrible. Absolutely terrible. Well, okay, so... <sighs> Clearly, he's, I mean, I don't know, man. How do you get to the point where you're like, it's fuck this bitch o'clock. I got to kill her. All right, now she's dead. I know. I'm going to freeze her. Mm-hmm. I'll break her up into more manageable pieces. Yeah. And, I mean, I got to give him credit. Mm-hmm. The wood chipper was thorough. I mean, it's a good idea. Obviously, it didn't work out. I think this starts right back to the beginning of how they met. Yeah. And this is what happens when, like, what you have here with this guy, with Richard, is he's a serial liar. And he's an abusive asshat. Well, let's get past that for a moment. Because I think serial liars you really got to be careful of. Yeah. Really, especially the ones that really believe their lies. Yes. The ones that really believe their lies and make their lies a truth. Correct. The pathological lies. Yeah. And we were getting a bit into that with Nexium. Yeah. With, you know, basically you have someone that just believes their own bullshit. And so and, much so that they have made it true. Well, no. And that's eyes. what I'm saying. Yeah. That, and that's where a pathological, li- pathological liar mm-hmm. comes to. I've been around a lot of that. Yes. I unfortunately had a family relation that was around that. I was just raised around it. Yeah. And I'd watch it. I'd just literally watch it. Like my, my half brother is one of them. Just yeah. We had total, one in our family. Total too. pathological liar. And I'd watch it even as a kid, just like something appear out of thin air, an mm-hmm. idea. Mm-hmm. And I'd watch this idea manifest into something either in a matter of minutes, hours, or days. Yeah. And like after that, it's, it's incontestable. You can't right, even yeah. like, you know, no, that's how it happened or that's this or that or, or that's what this person did to me. And everybody's sitting there like, dude, I was there. That didn't it didn't happen. happen, you know, but no, you you didn't see it right or you yeah. didn't hear it right. You know, and if you hear that, that's now my big question with someone like that is, is do they really know they're doing it? Because I think there are two different kinds. I think there are the pathological liar that knows what they're doing. And I think there's the other that they're so the other into one. their bullshit that they don't know what's yeah, actually or it's just a, truth or, or it's fiction. just a problem. It's yeah. just a problem. So this goes back to the beginning of the story. And we've talked about this time and time again on the podcast where he was engaged to another woman. Yeah. Huge red flag. Uh, yeah. I, I'm going to throw this out there. If the person you're seeing is engaged to someone else and you don't see that as problematic or a red flag. Or a problem. 
Yeah. This is where you really got to stop. No, and that's where I think this is where you're on your fork in the road of life. True. And if you're going to go in this direction, it's on you. Yeah. The guy's crazy. Yeah. But unfortunately for the victim here, it's like, there's your flag. Like going after somebody who's already attached to somebody. Yes. Not attached, but just involved with somebody. Yes. And, and that's where like, I think the stories, this is, you know, and they say, well, oh, I'm not saying that all people are like this or are evil and terrible. I'm really going to split hairs here. Like right. if they had an affair and they just had a one and done. Right. Like that, I, I get. All right. People have temptation. Right. I'm yes. not going to say how they spend their temptation as wise or whatever. Right. Yeah. But the like the one and dones, I don't look at as establishing a relationship with somebody. Yeah, I mean... And establishing this relationship, like, she knew hell and and gone that he was attached to somebody else. Yes. And not just attached, engaged. Yeah. And people can't just be sort of engaged. You're engaged. Yeah. You know... You're either engaged or you're not. The next step is getting married, you know? Yeah. I mean, that's that's the deal. And I do even understand, like, people that are engaged. Like, I do understand it. Like, say you have a story of a person that goes through life and just hasn't really had any contact like a lot of relationships mm-hmm. or hasn't got and meets that person right away and it's just yeah. like oh my god this person's amazing this they seem amazing yeah. yeah because it's the first time you've really felt love and attraction yes. on a deep level yeah. and then say you get engaged i mean this will just show how open-minded i freaking am i could understand the person that goes and has a fling with somebody just to say you know what before i spend my whole entire life with this person yeah I want to make sure I'm doing the right thing right. because if I do this thing and it gives me doubts, then I, then know. I need to kind of yep. rein this shit back yep. and I need to have a conversation with myself. We got to get real. Yeah. And then people could say, well, Frank, that's what Richard was doing when he was engaged with this person. But the thing is, is like it kept going. Yeah. yeah. And that's the whole deal is it. That's where I'm saying it. It goes back to this. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying everybody goes from this and does a wood chipper thing, but then the next signs come. He's abusive. Yeah. And I'm sorry. Just being around abusive people, mm-hmm. it's a matter of time. Yes. It's a matter of time before yep. you're either put into the hospital yes. or worse. Correct. And they all, it's amazing. All of these stories that are between couples. Yes. It all starts with meeting somebody that's attached to someone else, you know, or with mm-hmm. somebody else. It's never, it's never the... You'll never hear this off a, a murder story with a couple, regardless of who does the murdering, mm-hmm. the woman or the man. Right. It doesn't matter. Yeah. You're never going to hear this story. I was single. I went into a bar. I met this guy. He was single, too. We started talking mm-hmm. or we met online, both single. Right. Yeah. You know, and, you know, we started hanging out a bit. Everything was great. So we decided to move in with each other mm-hmm. and everything was going good. But then just living with each other, it kind of got difficult. It kind of got rough. Mm-hmm. We didn't know what we were in for. Then it started getting abusive. And then, you know, he comes at me with a knife or something like that. Right. It yeah. never happens that way. No, it's always. It's always. Yeah. Every single one of them is always out of a fit of jealousy. Yes. This is where I'm going to say the seven deadly sins, and I'm not bringing religion in this hardcore. No. But jealousy and envy yes. starts a slippery slope. You get jealous yeah. and you get envious. You stop thinking clearly. Yes. And you're letting something in that is dark. 
Yeah, Real and you're dark. letting the you're letting your dark passenger take over. <laughs> sure thing, Dex. Yeah. And uh but I mean here's here's an example where they hook up, he's engaged, she starts beating him, or he starts beating her. They're fighting in public. I wish she beat him. You know, but they were both fighting in public. I bet they both yeah. beat each other up. Yeah. You know, I bet they both went at it. From what I'm hearing, I, I heard that they, you know, I read, I can't say I heard, but I read that they would both fight in public and private with just like equal yeah. intensity. Yep. And and then the thing is, is she's got children now mm-hmm. and she's invested in this on right. a, a ton of levels. And this guy just starts going around and, you know, messing around with other women and all that. And and this comes where he had to be a pathological pathological liar you know oh, oh where were you i was working late yeah you know he's jr from dallas you know and and then basically you just less smart <laughs> well yeah but but the fact well jr ain't too smart either no he's not but the fact is is everything was going fine and this is again with these type of relationships this is this the roadmap this is why i loved picking this case yeah because there wasn't a whole lot to this to fill the hour but but it does describe all of the ingredients it truly of does. all these husband and wife yes. murder deals. Yeah. And what happens is, is you have the guy who pathologically lies yep. or the woman. Yep. And then here's the next statement that comes through. She hires the private investigator to get the divorce set up. Yeah. She's and, probably hoping that he's screwing around. Cause I mean, yeah. he was screwing around with her. And if he's screwing around, that's great for her. But for it's her not case. just catching for the case and all that. What it does is that case unravels the reality yeah. that the pathological liar can't doesn't want to deal with. Right. Like that's yeah. the story they don't want told. Mm-hmm. The story they want told. The story he wants told to him is that he was this airline pilot and he was great at it. He was in the police. Yep. And, you know. Beautiful wife. Beautiful wife. Three kids. This magical thing. Ah, He's living the dream. Yeah. No, exactly. And then the moment this started going through here, where she's hiring the investigator to gather information on the activities and whereabouts. And I mean, and she even knew it. She warned her friends. If something happens to me, don't think it's an accident. I can't believe she didn't move out. Just go. Yeah. Just go. Take your three kids. Yeah. Set up some sort of, like custody agreement be like hey the kids will be with me you can have them every other weekend or whatever as a rational human being this is what you do okay you you wait until he gets aggressive Mm -hmm. put some bruises on your marks or whatever you call the cops okay and you say this is what happened to me Mm -hmm. don't make it up because if you make it up the police are going to find out Right, yes. Uh, times are that good now Yeah. where you can't get away with that. And that's no. a lot of these hoaxes now yes. where people are trying to get out of homework or they're whatever, yeah. and they're creating all this extravagant stuff, and then they're finding out that, oh, no, it was a hoax. And, wow. yeah, so now once you have that, now you get the, um, what's the, um, oh, the agreement where it's only so many feet you can be around somebody. Oh, the restraining order. Yeah, get a restraining order. Stick with it and leave. Yeah. And then legally deal with your shit between states. Yeah. Be like two, three states or more away if you're in the United States. If you're from abroad, 
go to a different spot and, and just have that restraining order. Because now here's the thing. Say you're, well, he's just going to go after me anyways. Yeah, he's going to go after you with a fucking restraining order yeah. and a history of things now. Yeah, yeah. And it's harder it's for that idiot to talk themselves out, even yeah. with a fancy lawyer, to talk themselves out of that situation. Because I do agree that I think I understand the plight of a woman, especially with a very abusive alpha type male, yeah. where they just know, oh, if I do the wrong thing, he's going to fucking kill me. Yes. And and they just freeze. Mm -hmm. I do get that. Mm -hmm. I do understand it. As much as I don't want to understand it, yes. I do get it. But at some point, you have to make the move. Yeah. And make the move, you know, create the legal paper trail behind you. Yeah. And get yourself some physical space. Because the problem is, though, when you have kids, she, because they do have kids and the divorce wasn't... Yeah. wouldn't have been final, she would have had to stay in the state of Connecticut. Well, even if you stay in the state, like yeah. I said, just get, get space. Get you can, towns away. You yeah. can move yeah. from somebody in Connecticut and still be 45 minutes to an hour yeah. away. Yep. You know, just, just get some don't space. Don't make it easy for him. Yeah, don't make yeah. it easy. Don't make it a ride around the block after his half cock from the bar. Yeah. And just, yeah. you know, I'm going to get a wood chipper. I'm going to get a test freezer. Yeah, you know, I mean, that just... Um... I'm betting, <laughs> as someone who has gone through a divorce, if she had gone to an attorney and she decided that, yes, this is, this is an avenue I'm going to pursue, he has to be served. So I'm betting once he was served and knew her intention was to get a divorce, that's when he was like, okay, I've got my uh, ice chest freezer, check. Oh, let me go rent my industrial wood chipper. Yeah. Check. Chainsaw. Check. All right. Well, and just how Let's weird just how weird it all is. Yeah. That's premeditated. Oh yeah. You know, especially being like a former police officer, because he does have knowledge of yes, crime scenes and things like that. Which makes me just laugh even more that he pulled that move off. I just uh Yeah. Uh I, I here, so here, go ahead. Because he did have this uh, past mm -hmm. as a police officer, that in his mind, all right, if there's no body, I can't be convicted. Yeah. Woodchipper splays it out everywhere. <laughs> yeah. So they can't gather it. Mm -hmm. I'm good. That's as far as he went. Well, here's he didn't the thing: take back into then, consideration back then, you didn't have to go far because the forensic or any stuff. Of that. I mean, the forensic yeah. stuff was tough, and the places that were doing it were very unique and specialized, mm -hmm. and they couldn't maybe take the workload on because they were dedicated resources to something yes. else. Yeah. But the fact is, is it just shows that he had a very defined plan. Oh, he sure did. Which is another thing that doesn't work with the law. Yeah. And and it didn't work to his advantage because he got a fifty year sentence. And in 1990, and yes. uh, he was originally incarcerated at uh, McDougal Walker Correctional Institute, but moved to Osborne Correctional Institute. And then the amazing part is in January 2020, yep. the Newton B. noted Crafts took advantage of an antiquated Connecticut law while allowed for sentence reduction as a reward for work and behavior. A representative of the correction system reported to Boston.com, 
the then 82-year-old convicted murderer was transitioned to a veterans housing project in Bridgeport and later released. Yes. So, um, the, the sentencing law he took advantage of was statutory good time. Yeah. The law, which has since been changed, allowed for large amounts of time to be taken off prisoner sentences as a reward for good behavior and jailhouse jobs. Corrections officials have to apply the law that was in place at the time of sentencing. So had Crafts been sentenced after the new, less generous sentencing law that that is now in place, he would not have been eligible for any time off of his sentence. However, uh, Crafts also got credit for the three years he was locked up between his arrest and sentencing. He was convicted after his second trial, the first ending in a mistrial. It was the first murder conviction in the state without a body. In 1987 and 1998, he got disciplinary infractions for having contraband in his jail cell, which Martucci said didn't affect his good time, the, the law. At least one of those times, he was restricted to a cell for 15 days. She said she didn't know what the items were, but they were not illegal drugs, and the offense was only considered a medium-level offense. Yeah, so, it could be a number of things. I uh, mean, that's great. It's just... <laughs> he was let out of prison seven months early so that he could transfer to the supervised program instead of being released to the streets after 32 years behind bars. And Crafts, who has been classified as a low risk to the community, yeah, I want to remind everyone, he killed his wife, froze her in a wood, in a uh, ice chest, chopped her up into pieces, yeah, and fed her through an industrial wood chipper. But he is not a danger to the community. He's low risk. I mean, he is eighty-two. He's low risk. Yeah. He was released from the Willard's. Sibolsky Correctional Institution, the least secure prison, to the custody of the Bridgeport program on November 1st. He began serving his time in from the maximum security mm-hmm. prisons. He's due to finish his sentence in June, she said, and based on his sentence and without this period of supervision, Kraft would have would not have had any assistance transitioning back to the community. So they're helping him transition back into the community. For us, it's our job to prepare uh, even someone of extreme violence because they're going to go home. According to current archives, prosecutors said Richard Crafts bought a large freezer on November 17th. 1986, the next day, November November 18th, was the last time anyone saw helicrafts. And on the morning of November 19th, Richard Crafts drove their children from their home in Newtown to his sister's house in Westport. On November 20th, he rented a wood chipper and a truck, which he used to haul the wood chipper. The state said Crafts killed his wife, froze her body, cut it up with a chainsaw, and used a wood chipper in several areas of Newtown and uh, Southbury to do away with the body. He then disposed of the freezer to prevent authorities from finding any evidence. On November 20th, several witnesses saw the truck and the wood chipper in different locations in Newtown and Southbury, including, as you said, on the steel bridge between 3 and 4 a.m. Crafts told someone he was, that's where he said he was clearing the limbs. State police later searched the area near the steel, steel bridge and found among the piles of wood chips 
an envelope bearing the victim's name, pieces of bone and tissue, human fingernail, and the crown to the victim's teeth. Police also recovered underwater near near the still bridge, like you said, the yeah. chainsaw and the saw blade. I wonder what he did with the chest freezer. I don't know. Probably sold it on the one ad digest. No. Used once. No. I don't know. The crazy part is, though, is like, you know, that's another thing people may or may not know, is that he went to multiple locations to do this. It's not like he just went to one spot. And just like did oh, yeah. it. Yeah. You know. He spread her around. Yeah. Yeah. God. And this is again where, like I said, like pathological liars, you got to be careful because they all have this trait. Every single one of these murders, they yeah. have this lifestyle that they have in their head yep. that the world can't know about. Right. You know, that they're either abusive or, mm-hmm. you know, they walk around the house in diapers or something like that. You know, I mean, yeah, just some, some weird thing that they don't want anyone else to know. And if someone comes in and threatens. To upset that. Well, it's it's not even just, it, it's, it's not even really what they're doing. It's just whatever someone has to threaten to upset their projected life. Yes. Their projected life is their, their life in their eyes. Yes. And this is something that I think people need to also do for self-analysis because I know growing up I went through a lot of different type of changes and experiences and things that I'm not very, I'm not proud of at all. But I think there's a point where you have to, you ask yourself this really kind of big question. What, are you the same as the projection that you're putting out? Yes. You know, if you're, if you're, you know, so basically, is your actual self the same as your projected? So, if or, you were to meet a stranger, yes, and and that stranger were to say, "Well, hi, my name's this, your name's that," blah blah blah, you introduce, you know, yep. what do you do for a living? Where did you come from? Now, if you tell this story, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of lies in it, yeah, you're putting yourself in a really precarious position to fail at some point. At some point, your world's going to go crumbling around you. Yes. Whether it's going for like a job that you're after and then like you get that job and you've got this message and then all of a sudden somebody's there that's known you your whole fucking life. Yeah. And and they're like, yeah, dude, everything that person's saying is, you is know. Is a flat out lie. Yeah. And I just, I've seen a lot of it. Like I remember I was working at this company and this guy, he, uh, he said he was a vet and, um. He said that he was all these things, and and it used to bother me. I'd sit there at work. This is when I was desktop support technician, and I remember coworkers around there like, man, you know, he's just got all these amazing stories and all that. And I'm looking, I'm like, dude's fucking full of shit. Yeah. And they're like, how do you know? I'm like, I grew up with that. That that dude's my half brother. Yeah. Like that's that's my half brother. Yeah. I I I grew up with that. I'm like, it's just you can't have that many stories. Yes. Like, and, and it's all over the place. It's all, you know, and after a while you just listen to it and you're like, so when was that? And you're thinking in the back of your mind, you're like, but two weeks ago around that period of time, you're halfway across the fucking world, you know? So, and so here's the crazy part. He ends up getting all of this, like, uh, like privileged access to stuff in the company and yeah. all that stuff. And then one day he's not at work anymore. Okay. And they're like, well, where'd this guy go? And they're like, I don't know. I don't know. And they're trying to look around. And they find out that he's in the jail across the freaking street yep. of the park. And the whole lid blows up. He was a fucking soccer coach in high school. Yep. 
for the girls soccer team mm -hmm. and he was dating one of the one of the girls mm -hmm. or like just in a yeah. sexual relationship with one of the girls i can't say dating i mean yeah he was in a sexual relationship with one of the girls and then once that blew open some more girls came forward and they were like yeah he treated me like this and that yep and it was fucking terrible absolutely mm -hmm. terrible it was a mess mm -hmm. and i felt super bad for the family yeah because there was the mother and the daughter yeah and like all these kids that you mean are, his wife and daughter or yeah yeah the yeah. wife and daughter and and i felt bad for the daughter because like she's mortified like yeah. just all these people that are coming to these he were was her probably friends in her school well yeah just like her friends and yeah. stuff that were those were her friends and stuff like that yeah and they end up had they had to move like down into Carolinas or whatever and just fucking start, start all, all over, over again. And uh, but like that, you know, you have a girl that's in her high school years. You know, mm -hmm. I don't know if she was like a senior or freshman or whatever. But the Still. fact is, is like that's like the peak of your like independent childhood life. You know, it's where the, it's the beginning. It's the beginning of being. Well, it's the beginning of being an adult, and, an adult, and unfortunately, yeah. she learned a grave adult thing. But but it's also the peak of being an independent kid too. Yeah, it's that transition of going mm -hmm. from kid to adult, where you know this is the last time you're going to be around. It's like your senior year. It's the What's last your time last you're going to be. It's going to be the last time you're around all your friends. You know, mm -hmm. I remember when I graduated. A buddy of mine walked up. He graduated a year after me, and we're in the auditorium thing where you know we had the graduation and all mm -hmm. that he's like hey man congratulations i'm like thanks man he goes i'm gonna tell you something right now he goes 80 to 90 percent of these people you're never gonna see them again yeah period 10 percent five so now you got like 10 percent left he's like that five percent you're gonna see them once in a while right throughout the period of your life right he's yeah. like and maybe five percent of these people you're actually going to have a continued relationship of some kind with yeah with and i was just sitting there like oh man you think and he's like no dude i know yeah and uh well that's the beauty of having a friend that's uh older than you yeah and they've already uh graduated they can yeah. uh that was pretty brilliant yeah Pretzi, yeah, it's a it total does, guy it to have does that sound like total guy uh, that would have that Pretzi. conversation, you know. But but the fact is, is like all of these types of situations have this recipe, and that's where like I see a, a woman or like a guy in an abusive relationship with somebody who's just like lies all the time. Mm -hmm. It's like, man, you you are literally driving yeah. a loaded train like mm -hmm. straight to a fucking cliff, you know. Yep. It just and at some point. It's all going to fall apart. And that's where I say the decisions make you. They really do. Yeah. Every decision, you know, and, and you can make good ones. You can make bad ones. Some of the bad ones are recoverable, but there are mistakes. There are decisions that you make that are unrecoverable. Yeah. You can't dig yourself out of yeah. it. And that's where. So it should be noted that uh, Mr. Crafts here, he told everyone that his wife was visiting a friend in the Canary Islands. Mm -hmm. And at one point when the state police divers began looking for his wife, Crafts told his brother-in-law, quote, let them dive. There's no body. Yeah. It's gone. End quote. And then notoriety aside, the prison system has no choice when it comes to releasing prisoners like Crafts. Quote, high notoriety case, extremely violent, 
All of those pieces of this makes it interesting, Martucci said. But, quote, all of this comes down to he served his time in prison. Yeah. Okay. See, that's Did where... he do 50 years? No, he didn't. No. So he took he took advantage of a legal loophole, and you let him. Yeah. This is where I have a hard time with time served for murderers. Yeah. I really, really do. Yeah. Uh, you know, like theft, I get time served. Okay. Um, yeah. Even like grand larceny, even repeat offenders of theft. Like right. I get it, but it's at the end, it's property. Yeah. Or you know, like and, and property it's... really means nothing in the grand scheme of things. Right. And I yes. say that because like if you get in a car accident and you total your car, yes. but you walk away unscathed, yes. you feel like the most blessed person on the planet Well, and I'll because take it's it a, just a fucking car. I'll take it a step further. If you're in a car accident and you get in a, and it's a major accident and heaven forbid someone passes because of said accident. Yeah. All right, if you've served your time, I get it. It's not like you went out there like, who no, am I going to kill like pre, today? No, premeditated yeah, murder. These I, guys, he This is where m- I, I have a problem with life in prison with premeditated murderers. Yeah. And my problem with that is, is you know, people say, well, you know, they might have had this problem in life or that problem. And, you know, they can be recovered and all that. But it's like, all right, let's look at how much the money and resources cost mm-hmm. to recover that person. Mm-hmm. I'm just looking at it from that way. You can call me heartless. You can call me terrible or well, whatever. But the, the fact is. serial killers will tell you. Yeah. The people who are the most violent yeah. and the most No, there's no change in they them. They say, I would do it again. Yeah. There's no change in them. No. And and that's what I'm saying is like that vein of it, the premeditated yes. person. Yep. The accident stuff, I mean, like manslaughter and yeah. all that, I, that's a different topic. But yes. these premeditated Yes. Like I said, this guy had a plan with a wood chipper and and yes. all that way before this happened. Yes. This was basically a plan in a box mm-hmm. that he had locked away for future use just in just, just in, in case. case. You know. But the fact is is like if you have a robber that comes into the house and you pull out a gun and you shoot him, that's mm-hmm. not premeditated murder. I mean, that's even if you were saying, you know, stop or I'll shoot you, you know, yeah. you're defending yourself. But someone who just goes and does this, even if you do, let's just say you fix them. Right. Let's just, let's just toss that by for a second. Okay. This guy's locked away for what? 40 years, 50 years. His sentence was 50, but he only served like 32 32. years behind bars. Yeah. And then after that, um, some time in smaller places and stuff Which was, I mean, like maybe No, but this all costs money. Yeah. Yep. So the fact is, is how much did it cost to have him put away for 32 years? Right. Meals, yep. all that stuff. Yeah. Cell time, you know, cell maintenance, all that, all that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. This guy's, uh, what is he, 80? Yeah, he was 82. Something like that. 82. Yep. So now anything that could take him out could be like a cold, the flu or whatever. And, but, but now, here's the thing. if they released him to like a, a nursing home or something like that. Well, yeah. Where he's under, you know, watching care. Sure. Fine. I guess. No, but this is where I'm just, I'm leading to where this, where I agree with the death penalty. Yeah. I really do. These serial murders or these premeditated yep. murders. And I'm not saying like, cause there's some, and I get it where the, 
and, and this is where you get into the gray area where, you know, somebody could have been accused of premeditated murder, but evidence later shows, you know, yeah. and the thing is, is all those people that got bummed raps on those cases were put away before DNA was used yeah. and they reach back at it. I'm saying now, if you were to draw a line in the sand yeah. at 2022, yeah. you know, it, pretty much if you're getting put away for premeditated murder, yeah, there's a lot of evidence on your side because that's why a lot of them reduce down to second degree right, yeah. or manslaughter. It depends on the amount of most of evidence. them. Yeah, yeah, most of them put it down there because they don't have the evidence for it. Right. So when somebody gets put away for premeditated murder, it's in the bag. I mean, there's witnesses, there's physical evidence, there's all this stuff that lines up. Mm-hmm. So my big question is, is why lock somebody away up? You know, why lock somebody away for 30, 40, 50 years, depending on the age they are, and then let them out at 70, 80 years old? It's not like they're going to jump back into the workforce and make all that money back up mm-hmm. that, you know, the state or the government spent on right, them. yeah. I mean, it's just like a total. We're never going to recoup from. Yeah, you're that never going to recoup from the financial what, yeah, part of it. What you've invested yeah. in them. Mm-hmm. So, like, I will switch that up. Maybe where, say, like a teenager, like 18 years old, mm-hmm. and they do a premeditated murder. Say they are good for 30 years. Mm-hmm. I mean, when they get out, they're 50. Yeah, they can still go out and work and pay taxes. Yeah, and contribute to. Life. Yeah. You know, this guy, 80, you know what he's going to do? He's going to apply for uh, medical social security. Social security. He's And why should he get social security? He hasn't paid any of it. Yeah. I'm, well, no, he was a pilot. He paid a lot of money. He so some of let's it just in. say yeah. he got some of his social security and he's going to get Medicare. Yep. So this is somebody who's just been sucking off the system the whole entire time. And why? Because he murdered somebody with a wood chipper and a chainsaw. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, or not. Mur- he murdered somebody and then got rid of him with a yeah. chainsaw. And, and unfortunately, a, and a we'll never know how he killed her. Oh, no. No. And that's what makes him sleazy more than anything. Yeah. Is he didn't come forward with it. No. That's where I actually give a serial killer credit where they're like, yeah, no, this is exactly how I did it. Yeah. This is why I did it. Yeah. I mean, at least there you got a reason. Oh, yeah. They'll you got tell a reason. You. you got the steps. You yep. got everything. And and they're in a, on a, a whole different level. Mm-hmm. And again, like we said this year with this season, I mean, we're going to get dirty with some stuff. And this yeah. is the type of dirty we're getting in yeah. where you really got to start thinking about this stuff now. Because you've got a lot yes. of states that are going around changing the laws yeah. on how people are getting punished, mm-hmm. what their time is served. Some people don't even go to jail. Some people just have a a court appointment that they have three chances to miss out on. Yeah. So they can go. Before it becomes a problem. Yeah. Yeah. And New York State's one of those. Oh, yeah. Where you can go, you can assault someone right in the street in front of a cop. Yep. And the cop will take you, take you to the station, get your prints. Yep. Get your court date. Yep. And then let you out the door. And then you can turn right around. You can can, turn right around and and do it again. Another crime. There's people that have done it three Three times times in in a day. In a day. Mm Mm-hmm. This isn't fiction. No. This isn't fake news. Good this times, isn't any man. No, and this is where you're going to start seeing the late 70s, late 80s deaths yeah. and all that. Where- and you got a bad set of resources where you're going to have just overworked d- district attorneys and yeah. overworked public defenders. And it's going to be a, it's, it's we've seen going this to create at, a bloated, broken 40, system. At 46 yep. years old, we've seen this before. 
We have. You know, we know where it ends. We have. And, and this is where, you know, you're going to start hearing these types of stories again. Yep. And you're going to ask, why is this person alive for starters? Yep. Why didn't they, you know, why didn't they just lock them away and throw throw away the key? Right. Yeah. But even that, it's just like, do you want to spend all this money? Because it's not about to understand them anymore. No. That was the whole thing in the 60s and 70s with these people. Yeah. Because psychology was, you know, moving at a a really rapid rate and that was the brain well and that was happen how that was the whole decade or two of the infirmaries and you know all those insane asylums and and things like that and that brought that quest for knowledge why would someone do all this stuff right yeah now we know the whys we know the whys we know the you know all that stuff yeah and the big question is now is what is it to gain to have somebody in prison for 70 years 50 years What's well, there to gain there? Apparently, I don't know. I don't know. Well, don't this know. is no, but this is what happens when you have a bunch of people that just say, "Well, I'm against capital punishment." Yeah, I'm against death row. I'm and against it's like, the death penalty. Yeah. yeah, and it's like I'm against people getting murdered for this type of stuff. And it's like, yeah, well, I'm against murder. I'm against murder too. Theft. And who cares about this chick then? Yeah, exactly. You know, and and you have somebody here that he beat her. Yep. Like I said, it wasn't a thing where he was cleaning a gun and bang, it went off. Yeah, you know? no. And and they were the happiest couple ever. No. They all have this same story. They do. They do. And and I just, for those listening that might be disagreeing with what I'm saying, think about it for a moment before you no. just get hostile no. and, and crazy about it. Prove, prove me wrong. Well, no, I always... That's the show whole, me otherwise. Yeah, show me the success and story. Not, yeah, and not with just believies. <laughs> yeah, but show me the success story where someone facts. turned around. Yeah, because it's it's tough, and prison's a tough space because that's a, it's not a place where people turn out good. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, there's no the percentages are low. The percentage of rehabilita- rehabilitation is, it's painfully low. Yeah, and it. I mean, but I also get. I don't want those people wandering the street either. Yeah, I but don't there's know. no like there's no Ritz Carlton that you or Ritz Carlton. There's no Betty Ford clinic that you can send these people to. No. Cuz even like with drug use, I have to laugh like the uh um intervention stories. Mm-hmm. They did a recap. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I told you about this. They did a yeah, recap with did. all of those intervention stories. Yeah. Now these are people that yeah, went to five-star treatment treatment yeah. centers. Yep. These treatment centers were insanely expensive. Yes. Massively expensive to run. They're yes. they're basically these massive resorts. The with, family couldn't have afforded it, which is why, why they it did was the show done through a television. Yeah. Show. Yeah. And the amazing part is, is all the people that they put through on that thing, only like twenty percent actually. Stuck with the program. Right, yeah. 20, 30%. Well, because, let's be honest, in order for it to actually work, in order for sobriety to work, to get off of whatever the substance is that you're addicted to, you have to want to. And I'm sorry, but when you're ambushed by your family and they're telling you, we're just so worried about you. We're afraid you're going to die. You got to well, stop. It's, a, it's and, a tough situation. And then you go to this rehab. You didn't You didn't say, I mean, yeah, they will say, all right, fine, I'll go. And they can opt to not go. Yeah. But the fact is, 
a lot of those people probably haven't hit their low yet. So well, I no, get I, why I don't get that they didn't. I'm, I'm not going to say they didn't hit their low. Of them went back to it. No, I disagree with that. I I don't think that they hit didn't hit their low. I just sometimes you're just stuck because I mean there's really nothing lower than going out into a park sucking dick for meth. Like that's that's a low. That's, it, is. it doesn't really get lower than that. So somebody who has that problem and it's deeper problems, this goes back to quitting any kind of substance mm-hmm. and any kind of thing that's not good for you. Like I'm taking a big leap here, but like that person that's sucking dick for meth, they're, they're sucking the dick and taking the meth for a reason that the meth doesn't have anything to offer. It's right. to mask this other massive it's, problem. It's trauma. That they have. It's to mask and, some sort of trauma. And this is what I tell people when they quit drinking and when they quit smoking. It's like the first thing that's going to be the hardest thing for you is not the absence of booze. It's why you drank the booze in the first place. Yeah. You're going to start learning why you drank that booze. And that's the struggle. That's the fight. It's even smoking cigarettes. Rage problems that I had. Yeah. Massive rage problems, which I can empathize with the type of rage that this guy would get in. Mm -hmm. Like I get, I get to a point of where you could go with that. Cause I mean, I had massive rage issues, but I wouldn't do anything like this. I don't know. You are pretty interested in getting a chest freezer. Well, (laughs) that's for food, not Dahmer food. All right. People food. But, but the thing is, is like, I get that rage level. I get how that rage level yeah. can come up and you can't turn it off. And it's it's literally like the Incredible Hulk. You just freaking Snap, love it. Yeah. Oh, you just it's it's the adrenaline, it's everything. But then it's all over and you're like, what the fuck just happened? Yeah. But to get to that point is even higher than say someone like myself has gone through. Mm-hmm. And what I'm saying of how hard it is to change people like that, it took me five to seven years to learn how to just not get a, get that angry anymore. Mm-hmm. And now I'm to a point where I just don't even want to get angry. Yeah. Like, I just don't want to do it. I know where it goes. Yeah. I know how far the path goes. I know how far the path You've can go. You've read that I book. You really already don't. know how yeah. the story ends. And, yeah. and that's where, but the hardest thing I had to come to terms is, what was making me that mad? Yeah. That was the first question that I would be asked is, mm-hmm. why are you this angry? And it's a great position. It's a great presentation of that. Yeah. It's like a drug user. Why do you want to numb yourself? Mm-hmm. And that's the hard work. Yeah. And I'm sorry, a five star resort with these therapists and stuff, it's not going to do it because all my conversations were with people in a normal environment. Yeah. That this happened in. But I wanted to work that hard to fix myself. Yes. If you want to work that hard to fix yourself, you could go into a town offered counseling program. And you can make and it And you work. could fix yeah. yourself. If you work you don't the program, need this it works. Five star yeah. clinic thing. And they're gonna learn that in the next ten to fifteen years. Maybe. Is that no, they will. Cause I think this clinic thing that they're trying to do is the beginning of what the sanitariums and all that stuff used to be back in the 60s and 70s. Maybe. And they're going to say, ah, you know, that stuff doesn't work. Maybe. But, but this was a cool case because, again, there was no body. Nope. And they, this was the first time legitimately in a case DNA evidence was the sole star. It reigned supreme, yeah. And that's what made this case really, really interesting. And it was DNA case 
the DNA evidence being marked with also the witness testimony, yes. the timelines, and they were to they were able to build this. I mean, talk about circumstantial evidence. I'm, but it's a lot of. Oh, but it's a lot of it connected yes. together, and that and just goes to show you know, when you've got enough of it, yeah. it tells the story. And this just goes to show what we talk about a lot on the show is if you see something that's not right, talk about it. Yeah. Because even if you don't want to get involved, just submitting saying, hey, I saw something there. Yeah. That could be the thing that helps put yeah. that person away or find the person that did right. it. Yeah. You know, you, you, you may you feel, know. yeah, you may feel meaningless and hopeless, but, but you might be that one piece that right. helps five other pieces connect together. Right. And all fall into place. Yeah. Yeah. So next week. Black-eyed children. Yes, popular demand. Popular last year. request. Popular request last year. We never really got around to it because we had other things we were juggling. But I'm glad that we've done the episodes that we've done. Yeah. Because it is a good setup for the black-eyed children. Yeah. And a, if you've listened to, I'd have to say a a good portion of the catalog. You don't have to have listened to all no, of it, but if no. you've listened to a good portion of the catalog, yeah. it will uh, it will definitely help. Yeah, no, it connects all up. If you've never heard of Black Eyed Children, creepy as fuck. It's creepy stuff. It yeah. really, really is. Uh, I just when I was reading into it, <laughs> you know, because I mean, I had an idea about it. I was like, oh yeah, it's Black Eyed Children, and like oh, not yeah, to spoil no. anything. I then, you know, you start reading some of the stories and you're just like, oh, my God, that's just yeah. uh, it's weird. Yeah. So this was um, this was actually requested by many uh, to the ones that requested it. I'm sorry. We're sorry that we didn't get to it. Uh, but sooner. look at what you got now. But, but yeah, we're delivering. And yes, uh, we are. We're very excited to do it. And we're excited because this was something that was requested. We really get excited about those things. So like I said, I, you if you have some other suggestions, pump them through the Facebook group, pump them through uh, Instagram and uh, you know, or you can just email us directly at OTH at seriously, at seriously decent. Com. And Otherwise you're going to leave us to our own devices. Yeah. Which I mean, I mean, last year worked pretty well. So yeah, I think so. We're fine with that. And uh, we um, we're excited to continue into next month uh with cult of the month oh yeah i we're we're very excited uh, about that we were happy to kick that off last episode if you haven't checked it out uh nexium yes the cult uh our first issue or first uh publication of uh Correct. cult of the month yes and uh if you're from new york definitely check it out definitely because it's a, uh, yeah. a local new york story it is uh north of albany yeah, guys, look at what we did. Yeah. Isn't it great? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so with that being said, yes. rule number one. No Ouija boards. Rule number two. No dolls. Three. No capes. Four. No blood rituals. Five. No cults, satanic or otherwise, or no executive success programs, yeah. no getting rid of all of your worldly possessions for yeah. your new guru or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Uh. Guys, if an offer sounds too good to be true, it is. There, There's not going to be this whole alien other world. There's not a spaceship going to take you away to the next level. 
Just come on, man. A little, little. You got a rule after that one. I do. No apathy. Yeah. We've got to act, folks. We, 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 as people, have the tools to help enact a positive change in the world. And in honor of Miss Betty White, if you could just donate five bucks to your local uh, humane society. Yeah, please do. You know, that would be great. And if you can do more than that, please do so. Yeah. A lot of times this time of year, um, when you donate to a humane society, there are other companies that will match your donation. Correct. So you can actually maximize your impact. And, you know. Yep. Don't do it bit, for us. Do it for a Betty bit White. It goes a long way. Don't do it for Oh the Horror. Do it for Betty White. Do it for Betty, man. Yep. She was awesome. She was awesome. I, I don't want to talk about it. I was watching old Betty White stuff and it just like. Trailblazer. Man, she was the package. She truly was. Like the package. Yes. I forgot how just gorgeous she was when she yes. was younger. Because I've just guys, always seen like post like golden girls you know and i'm just right, used yep. to seeing her that way old betty white yeah well, yeah but i mean even there i mean like she was just awesome mm-hmm. you know but but yeah i was watching some some stuff of her um when she was younger and just like quick funny just and oh, let man, us not amazing. forget she gave us an excellent horror movie yeah lake placid lake placid was the it was. It was. Yeah, if you haven't seen Lake Placid, then here's what you do. You donate five bucks or more to your Humane Society. Yes. While you're feeling all Betty White, go and watch Lake Placid. Correct. Yeah. Have a Betty White day. Have a Betty day. Yeah. Have a Betty good day. Yeah. So with that being said, (laughs) have a great Betty White day. Have a wonderful week. And make good choices. Take care.